0: Hey guys, welcome back to our teaching in the book of Revelation. Now, the last time we were here, we were dealing with the release of Satan from his 1,000 year imprisonment in the abyss. Now, we recall that at the beginning of Jesus' second advent, at his return, when Jesus would reign for 1,000 years, that is, the full duration of the millennial kingdom, 1,000 years, Satan would have been imprisoned for that duration. And also remember, the reason is to give mankind, basically, namely the Gentiles, but to give mankind the opportunity to receive and accept Jesus Christ, to to see and experience all the goodness of the Lord who is dwelling on the earth without evil influence. And that's the primary idea here. Give manchi- mankind the opportunity to receive the Lord without the evil influences. And we see that in the Garden of Eden. Remember, there was evil influence in the Garden of Eden to disobey God. During the kingdom, Satan and all of his angelic hordes will be imprisoned, that is, in the abyss as taught earlier in Revelation 20. And so mankind has the freedom, for the most part, apart from his own sinful nature, but for the most part to choose Christ, all right? So at the end of this, um, the kingdom, Satan is released once again, as, as told early in Revelation 20, and he goes out quickly and immediately to deceive the Gentiles, not the Jews, but only the Gentiles. That's why we see nations in the plural and Satan is very successful. Many of the Gentiles have gathered uh, with Satan, and they have gathered along with him in order to make war against Jesus. And this is what it's called, we understand that's the final great war, to do away with Jesus and all of the saints. Jesus has called all of the saints to Israel, namely surrounding Jerusalem with him, as all of the remaining rebellious people of mankind have surrounded the great city to destroy all Christians. They they, they wanna break uh, the fulfillment of Psalm 2. They want to break the ruling bond of Christ and those who rule over them. But what happens? A fire come down from heaven and destroys all of those rebellious sinners. That is, they are all killed. So what we need to keep in mind as we're dealing with this last passage is all of the saints have been gathered to Jerusalem. That is, those saints who are in resurrected eternal bodies and the human beings. Remember, there are also another group of people who are not in resurrected bodies, people who have repopulated the earth, people who are in normal human bodies, but they are also believers. They were also gathered, okay? So the the idea is all believers, whether resurrected or normal human beings, all believers were gathered into Israel protected by Jesus, while all unbelievers were surrounding, they were a part of this great war of Satan. What happens again at the end? A fire came down from heaven and devoured, literally killing all of them. This makes the death of all unbelievers. And this is important as we deal with this final part of Revelation chapter 20 in understanding the resurrection of the dead. So what do we have in general? Only the people who are alive, the only people who are alive are the saints. Everyone else has been killed because they were a part of this great rebellion of Satan. Okay. Now with that understanding, let us move now into the final section of Revelation chapter 20, as we deal with what is uh, primarily and widely known as the great judgment day. Okay, all right, 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. Now, since this is simply a, 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 such a short section, let me just deal with each verse as we walk walk, walk our way through it. <laughs> I saw a great white throne. So this is why this particular section is called the great white throne judgment. Also we know it as the judgment day, okay? So this is the great final and last judgment. And what we need to understand is this is a judgment for the wicked dead. That is only those who are unsaved. But we'll get into that as we move down through the text. But nevertheless, let's talk about this great white throne judgment and the one who sits upon the top, who sits on this particular throne. Now, this is not God the Father. This is God the Son. This is Jesus himself who is on the great white throne judgment. And that's clearly indicated in John chapter 5. Remember, Jesus said these words, the father judges no man, that is, he has committed all judgment to the son. So therefore, in the judgment of humanity, humanity will be judged by Jesus himself. So therefore, we see it is Jesus who is the one who sits on top of this throne and not God, the father, because Only he judges the human race. Remember once again, i just throw this in as a caveat. Jesus is qualified to judge not only because he is God but because also he is man. He has been made likened unto us. He is the God man, qualified to judge. But anyway, the whole point of this verse is, it is Jesus who is sitting on top of his throne as we see the final judgment begins and notice it also says the earth, the, the presence of heaven and earth has fled away. No more place found for them. What we see is this, all of creation has been dissolved. Remember when Peter said that all that, that the first heaven and the first earth, well, let me simply say it this way. The first earth was destroyed by means of water but the present earth remains to be destroyed by fire. So this is a fulfillment of what the apostle Peter talked about, how that all things will be dissolved. So what we see is this present creation, this creation as we know it, when it says heaven and earth, it simply is a merism. Merism basically is an inclusiveness of all things. The universe in its entirety is now being destroyed. The universe that was created back in Genesis one and one, remember in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That universe has continued and persisted up until this point. It is at this point when Genesis one and one will be undone and the whole universe in an instant will be destroyed by means of fire or simply as Peter says, it will be destroyed. So the universe, so we're basically in a sense, almost sitting in nothingness (laughs) is amazing concept, almost sitting in nothingness. So the universe is no more, and the reason the, why the universe is no more is because, and I, I know I'm really premature now, but I'm going to tell you anyway, is because when we get into Revelations 21, the very next chapter, notice what God says. He says, there will be a creation of a new heavens and new earth. So in order for a new heavens and new earth to be created, that is another universe, this universe has to be done away with. So, back again to chapter, verse 11, the doing away of this universe, okay? As we prepare for judgment and the new universe. So that's what's going on. The universe, Christ, the judgment seat is there, the universe is done away with, and now we move to verse number 12. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, And the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the book of life, in the books according to their deeds. Now let's break this down as we talk about it. Notice, and I saw the dead, great and the small standing before the throne. Here is what is key. Notice the only ones who are involved in this judgment. No living people are involved in this judgment. Why? Remember what I told you earlier in the introduction as we reviewed what was taking place uh, early in our last teaching, everyone, all of the people who were uh, saints of God, remember the two types of people, those were in resurrected form, eternal bodies, these are the saints of God, okay? The, The saints of God that were from the Old Testament the saved Old Testament who were resurrected. Okay, let me back it up a little bit. Remember Revelation chapter 20. Earlier, the first part, when it talked about, I believe it's like verse number four. Let me look at it in particular. It's verse number four. It talked about the resurrection of the dead. That is the dead who were righteous saints of the Old Testament, okay? Righteous saints of the Old Testament and the saints who had died during the tribulation period. These were resurrected at the second advent of Christ. Remember, also, we know that the church saints were resurrected even before that. The church saints are resurrected in what we call the rapture of the church. Remember, the dead in Christ first Thessalonians chapter four, the dead in Christ shall rise. Then we, which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them. When Paul also talks in 1 Corinthians 15, we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. This is the rapture of the church when the saints in the church age puts on eternal bodies. So this is, but basically, basically, Revelation 20 verse number four through six, the resurrection of the Old Testament saints and those who died during the tribulation. This is called the first resurrection. And all of those who have these glorified bodies include the church saints who were resurrected in the rapture, the Old Testament saints and the tribulation saints who were resurrected at the return of Jesus they all have eternal bodies these are part of the living that's why i'm bringing these guys out these are the living saints they cannot die but remember also when jesus does return uh, that is i'm in the second advent again he judges the gentiles remember the jews will also be there in living human bodies not resurrected bodies living human bodies as well as the Gentile nations who will be judged by Jesus. Only the Gentiles remember that. And they will also be in living human bodies. But, and those Gentiles who are saved, come into the kingdom, the other Gentiles will be put to death, okay? So you got the Jews and the Gentiles living. These are the saints of God. And, and, but the point is in human bodies and all of the peoples who will be born during that entire 1,000 year period, all of the peoples born and those who are saved, remember, according to the scripture, the book of Zephaniah, even the book of Zechariah, all Jews, even the book of Jeremiah, all Jews who will be born during that 1,000 year period, all of them will forever be saved, okay? but that's not the case for Gentiles. Some Gentiles will be saved. Some Gentiles will not be saved. And notice as we talked about in the previous lesson in verses number, remember when Satan is released, seven through seven through 10, it is the Gentiles who will be deceived and be working with Satan to rebel against Jesus After the 1,000 years, the point that I'm stressing here again is all Jews will be saved for the entire duration. That's why Paul said to the Gentile church in, in the book of Romans, do not boast because you see so many Gentiles being saved now and you see so few Jews will be saved. Why? Because there will come a day when all of Israel shall be saved. That cannot be said and will never be said about the Gentiles. But the point, the point, so I don't get too far off the the mark here. So some of the Gentiles will not, many of the Gentiles will not be saved. What happens? All of those who are saved, those in resurrected form and those in regular human form, For the whole duration will be gathered to Christ uh, in in Israel surrounding Jerusalem when Satan rebels for the final rebellion after he is released. Okay, And those Gentiles who remember the Bible said earlier, like the sand of the seashore, that means great in number, who rebelled along with Satan, who have who will be destroyed by Jesus in the final battle? You got it. They are now dead. It is now what we see. Now we're t- let, let me talk about here: the dead who are now appearing at the judgment seat. So now let me make you understand that the dead, both the great and the small—that means big-time folk and folks who ain't nobody. So think of it that way. But the dead. The dead who exist, this is the unrighteous dead. Now, why do I say unrighteous dead? Remember once again, I believe it's 20 in verse number six, I believe. When it said, blessed is he, blessed and holy. I'm sorry, because that's extremely important. Is he who has part in the first resurrection. Blessed, why? It is a blessing to be a part of the kingdom of God. You are part of the saints, but blessed and holy. It is blessed, good to be a part of the first resurrection, blessed, holy, holy means you are saved. You are saved. Why? He said, because the second death has no power. The second death is a cursed death. It is a part of the great judgment day. It is where people go into the lake of fire, because remember the lake of fire is called what? The second death. All right. But let me go so I can explain it. The dead, small and the great. This is inclusive of, from the moment of Adam's creation, every wicked person who died, from the moment of the first man, Adam, all wicked people who died, okay, all went into the place of Sheol. Remember, Sheol is the place of departed spirits. And they went into a place simply called hell and hell is the place for the torment of soul and spirit, not the body. The body was wherever it went on the earth. All right. That's why we talked about in revelation 20 here, whether it was in the sea or any place else, but from the moment of the first person who died and went into hell, okay, the unsaved all the way up, until remember that group, massive group of people who rebelled with Satan in the final war who were killed by Jesus. This is inclusive of all the wicked dead. Why? Because everybody who was saved, remember, is was in Jerusalem. Jesus called them into Jerusalem, all of the saints, and he killed. So you got the dead who have been in hell from the beginning of time. And when I say the beginning of time, I'm talking about the beginning of the creation of Adam and those who died and were not saved all the way up to the period of those who were killed by Jesus. You got it? In that final great war. Everybody else, the saints, saved. So that's the point I'm trying to make. So all the dead from the time of beginning of man until the end of the great war and those killed by Jesus. They were now all in resurrected form. So what we see is a resurrection. And that's what I'm struggling to make you understand. Now, all of these people from the beginning up until the death killed by Jesus in the war with Satan, they are now resurrected and they themselves have Resurrected bodies. That's why this is called and understood as the second resurrection. And the second resurrection is the country, country distinction. It is the very opposite of the first resurrection. Remember Revelation 20 and 6 again. Blessed and holy are those who are part of the first resurrection. The very opposite for the second resurrection will simply be cursed. So those who are in the second resurrection are cursed and judged. And this is what we see taking place in this section. Okay. So they're standing before the throne of God. Now let's get to the part of the books. Books were open. And when the books were open, it talked about the books and the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things written in those books according to their deeds. Now let's talk about the books. We see two different kinds of books. There are books that deal with the books of works. And that simply is everything that a person does is written down in the book, whether the thing is a good thing or a bad thing. So we see the dead. This is remember the wicked dead only who are being resurrected their life's works, whatever they have done, have been written in the book books. And their works are done. This is to this is simply to make us understand. Let me make a long story short here. When we are, whether it is good or bad, okay, we don't all receive the same thing. When we do good things, when that is for the, the saints of God. Let's just talk about the saints in this. We, we don't all receive the same blessings from Jesus. Okay. We don't all receive the same crowns from Jesus. Why? We don't all live the same lives. Some do good things and some, some of us do even more good things. Sometimes we do bad things. So therefore there will be a measure. Jesus will judge each and every one of us in accordance. And we see that in the new Testament all the time, how we, what we have done, we'll be judged according to the works. This is not a judgment of salvation. Judgment of salvation simply means whether or not we go to heaven or hell, quote unquote. But this is a judgment of how God blesses us in the resurrection. That, that's the own idea of that, okay? So the dead here are being judged according to their works as well. You know, you're gonna have Hitler Who's going to really get it? And then you can have other people who are unsaved who didn't do as much evil things. So their punishment will not be as great. And that's the whole idea. So don't ever think that when people are put into the lake of fire, that somehow they all suffer the same. They will not suffer the same. Why? Because they will be judged according to the amount of evil that they did. And that's the point here. Okay. And the book of life. Now, let me make a comment about this very quickly. There are two books of life. There is the lamb book of life and there is the book of life. This is not that they are not the same. The lamb's book of life is the book that was written by God himself, namely our Lord, From the foundation of the world, that means before the, the world itself was created. These are the names of the elect saints of God. Everybody who will be saved throughout the ages. Everybody names have already been written there. Those names have been written before these people were ever born. And those names cannot be erased. They will never be removed from this book. These are the elect saints of God, okay? Now, with respect to the book of life, this is a, uh, this is a particular book by the which we see this in, the, in, the, in Psalm, when a person comes into the world, okay? Every person's name is written in the book of life. You have the opportunity during your life to receive Christ or that is to to be saved. So just think of it this way, no matter what age you live, old or new Testament as we normally think about it, if you become a faithful one, if you become a faithful one, your name remains written in the book of life. All right. But say for instance, if you do not receive, you not become faithful to God, by the time of your death, your name will be erased from the book of life. So therefore, here's the point. In the Lamb's book of life, your name is written from the beginning of time itself. You got it? By the Lord and cannot be removed. That is for the saved. In the book of life, when the person life begins, When your life begins the name is there and if the person does not receive is not become faithful to god does not receive god during the duration of their lives their name can be erased so it is this book the book of life that we're talking about here not the lamb's book of life but the book of life that we're referring to here in revelation 20 that is open now. And so now what Jesus is doing is, he is seeing whether or not that name was erased from the book. So if the name is not found written in the book of life, that's what we're gonna see where the problem is. You see it now? Okay. So they're judged according to the book of works to see how much bad things that they have done and there, there's the separate book of life where we're seeing, are they there? Let's go to verse number 13 and the sea gave up the dead, which were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged. Every one of them according to their deeds. So you can't miss the point that is being made here. Everyone is being judged according to their deeds. But when you see the thing of talking about the sea gave up the dead and death and Hades gave up the dead. This is basically saying, and the dead everywhere, wherever people were dead, they were resurrected from that state and they were being judged now. Notice it also says, Death and Hades, that is Sheol, the underworld, which consists of Gehenna. Remember Gehenna is what we call hell, burning hell. Luke chapter 16, remember where the rich man went? The rich man went into, in hell he opened his eyes. And so here now, all of the people who were in hell are now resurrected. Make a long story short, Everybody who is dead resurrected, whether they just died when Jesus killed them or whether they have been in hell since the beginning of mankind, the sinful man. These are sinful men. They are now resurrected and standing in the judgment day. Then death and hate were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay. So now finally, what do we see? Death and Hades. Remember and when we say death and Hades, that is Gehenna, the, uh, um, hell as people call it, hell, hell itself is thrown into the lake of fire. And then remember it says death is also thrown into the lake of fire. The idea here is death is being done away with death itself is being done away with. Remember when Paul said this in the, in first Corinthians chapter 15, talking about the reign of Jesus, that is how long Jesus must reign as Messiah on the earth. How long until all prophecy itself is fulfilled and the age, the, a- the end of the age comes? Paul said, and he, Jesus, must reign until he has put all things under his feet. That means all things have been subjected. Jesus rules and authority over all things. And the last thing that Jesus shall put in subjection, that is, shall do away with, Is death. That's when he gets into this thing when he says, Oh death, where is thou sting? Oh death, where is your victory? He said, The final enemy that shall be destroyed by Jesus is death. And here's where we see that taking place here. Death is now done away with. And Paul says, Let me just move on, deal with that just a little. Once death has been destroyed, it brings about the end of the kingdom of the Messiah. What does he say? Then shall the son deliver up his kingdom, the kingdom to the father. For what reason? That God may be all in all. And when he says God may be all in all, that is that the state of all things shall be changed to now the eternal state. So what we will do is we will move from the temporal state. So you see the Messiah's kingdom, Jesus's kingdom in the second advent, those thousand years, is a part of the temporal state. Temporal simply means it lasts of this earth, of this earth. But once death has done away, Jesus has done away with death. This is what's going on here in the judgment day. Then we move from the temporal state. Temporal meaning it only lasts for a certain season. We, remove, we move from the temporal state to the eternal state. Uh, and once, uh, that means all things will be forever and ever and never come to an end. That's why we see Revelation 21. So again, what happens here in verse number 14? Jesus has finally done away with death. And Hades, all right, and everybody who was in, in there moved out, put in eternal bodies. Death and Hades itself, that means Gehenna, hell itself, thrown into the lake of fire. Death is done away with. And now he, he simply says, this is now the second death. Remember what I said earlier? Blessed is he who is a part of the first resurrection. Why? because the second death has no power. This is the second resurrection, and now we see the second death and its power. What is the power of the second death? The lake of fire itself. You see it now? So that's why it is now not a blessing, and the person is considered holy, but is considered Cursed and the person is considered judged and rejected of God. Okay, so verse number 15 simply says, and we now bring this to an end. So if any person's name was not found written in the book of life, he's thrown into the lake of fire. This is the final judgment that is, and and for the point, everyone's name, every person who is resurrected here, these are not people who are blessed but these are people who, who are cursed. So no one's name, not a single person's name will be found written in the book of life at this time. That is amongst this group of people, none of them. So therefore all of these are the cursed dead who have now been resurrected to eternal Punishment. Okay? That's why I remember again, blessed if you're in the first one, cursed if you're in the second one. Why? Because your name will not be found written in the Lamb. Not in, for, of course in the Lamb's Book of Life, but here specifically in the book of life. The name is not found written. So now, as we come to the judgment day, and we have the judgment of the wicked dead. From the time of Adam, all the way up until the time of those who rebelled with Satan after his release from prison, after the 1000 years, those dead who have been resurrected and now sent into judgment. We now have the beginning of what is called the eternal state. And this is how we prepare for Revelation chapter 21. Because remember, the kingdom of Messiah is a temporal kingdom it lasts for only 1,000 years, but also it is during this time, this particular time here after the judgment day, two things that I bring to your attention to end this section. We have, remember, as we came into the second advent, the kingdom of Messiah, there were human beings who were present during that time who repopulated the kingdom during the time of Messiah and they were regular human beings. It is this time that such people have now been given eternal bodies. In other words, now every single person has, and I'm talking about the righteous. We know all the unrighteous have eternal bodies. They got eternal bodies and are now in the lake of fire. But also now with respect to the righteous alone, remember the righteous were two different types. Those with eternal bodies, that is, remember, those of the church age, those resurrected Old Testament saints, those saints who, were, uh, who died and were resurrected during the tribulation, they all have eternal, were resurrected, Revelation chapter 20, verse number four through six. They had eternal bodies. The other people, the Jewish people, and those Gentiles had regular human bodies populated the kingdom. Now it is at this time All have eternal bodies. Why? Here's where the apostle Paul said this, concerning the end of the reign of Messiah. We know that what? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now notice, he did not say the kingdom of the Messiah. That's the kingdom of Jesus. That's the 1000 years that we just dealt with. Why? Flesh and blood indeed did inherit it. Flesh and blood means normal human beings. Human beings who are capable of procreation, of having babies. That's how the kingdom grew in population. That's how you had so many people. Remember when it said, like the sand of the seashore? That's how I had so many people involved in the rebellion. The human population had grown once again, because remember, it was so many people who had got killed during the tribulation. Over one half the world's population was done away with. But the point is, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So therefore, flesh and blood, regular human people, human beings have now, that is the righteous saints, There are no more regular human beings. All of them now have resurrection bodies. They have eternal bodies because we're preparing now, Revelation 21, for the eternal state. And here's another point that you have to understand. With all human beings having eternal bodies, the number is now set for all eternity. That is, recall all good angels they're all, they've have always been said anyway once god made them there were no more but all the bad angels are in the lake of fire how because i don't want to mix it up all good angels and all of humanity with resurrected bodies the set number are now prepared for the eternal kingdom of god and that number will never increase. Now, we know angels don't procreate, but, and human beings, remember when Jesus said these words concerning the resurrection, and the, 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 the Sadducees were coming to Jesus, but concerning the resurrections, they neither marry nor are they given in marriage. That means there will be no more procreation. So since all of humanity now has resurrected bodies, not another human being will be born the number for the eternal kingdom. As we move into Revelation 21, we're not there yet, but the number will be set and never change again. Another human being will never be It's an amazing concept. Things will change and be new. Another human being will never be born. Okay? So that's number one. Number two is the devil's angels. Remember when Paul said this, that is that Satan, we see Satan has already been sent. We just dealt with that Satan being sent into the lake of fire. Remember Paul also said these things. Know ye not that ye, that is God's people, you shall judge angels. We don't judge the good angels we judge the bad angels. It is not Jesus who will judge and he'll have the authority to send, of course, to send them to the lake of fire, but he has allowed the church, the saints, God's people to judge those wicked, Angels, And it is this time that those wicked angels will have been judged by God's people and they also along with Satan will be sent to the lake of fire. So as we move into the eternal kingdom of Revelation chapter 21, all things now we are moved into the eternal state. We are moved from the temporal state the state of the messiah he has done away with death see when death is done away with that means everything is now what eternal we have moved from the temporal state now into the eternal state the universe of old has been done away with and now we are getting ready for the preparation for the new universe it will be the eternal universe the eternal state of things and everything that enters in this eternal state will be in what we now call the kingdom of God. All right. Glad we're done with that. Next time we see you, we'll be moving into Revelation chapter 21, the eternal kingdom of God.